what's happening, everyone? A little uh, makeshift action here on this week's episode of Just Another Sports Podcast, recording from the lovely fishbowl overlooking uh, our lovely pond here on the FMP uh, campus. Uh, studio is being used. I did not consult the schedule uh, before I set up this recording. Rookie, rookie, uh, move. rookie move. And see what happens uh, when, when you don't consult schedules. See what happens when you assume. Yes, exactly. You assume, Greg. Uh, but welcome in, everyone. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith. Pleased to be joined once again by FNP City editor Alan Etzler. How are you guys? Very oh, good. How's the week? Terrific. Yeah. Great. Great. You're awesome. Always Just stellar. Do- I can't wait for this week to be over, <laughs> to be quite honest. Why is that? Oh, it's because I had I had to work Monday through Friday this week, which generally I despise because I it's five nights straight nights is just really difficult for me it, to do. yeah it is I, I, so I get really tired of being here at nighttime. but now you get the two straight days but now, no I don't because I have to work Sunday oh yeah that never happens that's unfortunate we thought you loved your job Josh and we thought you loved being here I didn't every say night I didn't love my job I just said I don't like being here five nights in a row yeah. I don't think anybody does right all right, well, uh, week three of the NFL is in the books. I figure uh, we uh, touch on the local teams a little bit here because um, the, the Ravens lost for the first time but looked uh, like a respectable team uh, against the Chiefs on Sunday. The Redskins looked awful against the, the Bears on Monday, and their season is, is definitely over at 0-3, and, and it just seems like a matter of time um, before Jay Gruden gets fired and maybe they make changes beyond that in the front office. Uh, I guess my question is, how good do we think the Ravens are and how bad do we think the Redskins are? <laughs> hmm. Uh, I'll go first there, I guess. Uh, I think the Ravens are as advertised. I mean, I didn't see anything Sunday that led me to believe anything different, that they aren't, that they aren't a, one of the top you know, five to ten teams in the league uh, against a really good team on the road, made some pretty stupid coaching decisions that ended up costing them. So they're right there. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that there's anything else to take away from that game. Um, I'm, I'm surprised because I didn't think Lamar Jackson was going to look as good as a passer. Yeah. I've, I've never been a Lamar Jackson believer. I, I didn't think he was a good enough passer. I thought he relied too much on, on, on his running, and it was only a matter of time before he was going to take a shot. And he was going to have to become an accurate passer yeah. for, for their offense to really do anything. But I mean, he's he's looked good as a passer. Yeah, what uh, he through three games. So what far. he's doing that's. Um, Surprising to me. Well, he's running less. Obviously, they're designing less runs for him. But he does this thing like Russell Wilson does, where he's behind the line of scrimmage and he can evade rushers like nobody's business. Like he, he nobody. runs a lot for no forward yardage. He does, and then but the, the thing you know, and it's the same thing with Russell Wilson. Is he scrambles around behind the line of scrimmage, and you know what? Defensive backs cannot guard guys for that long. So then all of a sudden, some dude pops open and he can find him downfield. You're going to see that all season long as he's if he's in the lineup. So. Um, that's what, you know, he doesn't need to be a great passer when you're scrambling around behind the line and then some dude's wide open. You just got to hit him. Right. I, I thought the Ravens were a little too aggressive <laughs> in yeah. Sunday's game when they took themselves out of the game. Yeah, I mean, the old saying is you don't chase points, and, and, I, and they went for two early in the game and missed. And when you do that, you're, you continue to go for two, and if you continue to miss, you're, you're, you start giving yeah. up like almost five, five – you almost give up a touchdown and just – attempting to make a two-point conversion so i understand what john harbaugh's thinking was you have to stay aggressive because he knows the chiefs are going to score points and, and i and so, some of the fourth down calls i was scratching my head but i i, I understood his aggressive mentality but but man missing those two-point conversions that uh, i would have changed the dynamic of the game because you get the ball back and then you only need a field goal to tie or or possibly go ahead but 
you really fall behind the eight ball when you miss uh, those two-point conversions. So I thought the Ravens played about as well as they could have hoped to have played in that game. And I thought they were a bit too aggressive, and that sort of cost them at the end of the game. That's sort of the greatness of Patrick Mahomes that we've seen pretty early on is like he puts that much pressure on not just your your team or your defense. He puts more pressure on your offense. He puts more pressure on your coaching. And I think the I think the Ravens are a really good team this year. I think where they're going to struggle is when they are not the ones controlling the tempo of the game. And I think that's what we saw is they were kind of playing to keep up with Patrick Mahomes when they should have been playing to run ball control, basically right. keep him off the field as right. long as you can. Right. And I don't, I don't think they did a great job of that. I thought it was interesting that Harbaugh was bringing analytics into it. So now that's permeating into the NFL. And I thought this was an, this was like a classic example of Harbaugh being arrogant. Like the guy's just a, he's just an arrogant jerk. And I think he just thought he was going to outthink everybody with his game plan of going for two when it may not have been the best game plan. I mean, uh, he would never admit that, but I mean, he's you have one of the best kickers in the league. Why, exactly. why, why are you going for two? Just take, take the point you need. I mean, I understand the aggressive approach again, but you need every point you can get against the Chiefs. So if you're going to miss and give away points against the Chiefs, you're just not going to have a chance. So. Yeah. Chances are when you're the coach who thinks you're smarter than everybody else, you're probably wrong. Yeah, and I think he's he gets poor grades a lot of times for his game, his in-game coaching from what, I, what I've read over the years. Right. I don't watch a lot of their games. but it, It's funny because the Ravens were the team that no one was talking about in the AFC North going into the season. Um, uh, it was either the Steelers or the Browns that got all the chatter, and, and the Ravens were almost dismissed, really, more than they usually are because they've always been a very good team. Um, and, and here they are, and they look they look through three weeks like the best team in the division. Their now, their off season is looking excellent. Yeah, Ingram, Mark Ingram, adding, adding Mark Ingram and Hollywood Brown. I mean, this is a team that last year, if you look at their offense, had nothing, no weapons. I mean, I think Michael Crabtree was their top. Gus receiver. Edwards right. was your. I mean, weapon. Alex Collins. Yeah, and now they're. I I feel like they they have some of the most dangerous weapons in football. You look at what Mark Andrews has done from the tight end position pretty early on. They, they, have, like, they have three. They have Boyle. three tight ends. Hayden, Hayden yeah. Hurst and Nick Boyle. Yeah. The, both of those guys have been I I think above average tight ends yeah. so far, and they they run routes and Boyle's a great blocker. Um, yeah, I mean, you only need one good wide receiver if you right. have three good tight ends and a lot of the packages that they, and they run. And they've still got Willie Sneed, who's good out. Like, he's a big, yeah. big slot receiver. And I, I'm interested in what happens with Miles Boykin, who's the the taller of the receivers they drafted this year, the big the big target. Notre Dame, right. Who they really haven't gotten involved this year. Right. So. And what, uh, Sneed made a ridiculous – Lamar Jackson made one really ill-advised throw <laughs> across the field, but he got away with it because Willie Sneed came down, came down with got, it. So. And same drive, he got away with that pass down to the, yeah. I think the goal line that somebody just kind of stepped. It. I, it was as he was going down, he just kind of chucked it up in the air and. Yeah, I, I think the Ravens are gonna have to live with that with Jackson. Like he's gonna make some spectacular plays, but he's also gonna make some head scratching plays too, and plays that make you sort of hold your breath for a but second. Man, is it fun? So, yeah, yeah he's, he's exciting to watch. And honestly, I have to say, he's he's a lot better than I thought he was as a passing quarterback and. And if, if he can pass and defenses can respect him as a passer, the Ravens are going to be very tough to beat. Uh, now your team gets a shot at them, and, you're, and the Ravens are talking, they're talking smack about your Browns here, man. Yeah, well, they, 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 now they're saying that the 
because because all the chatter was and yeah. the hype was about the Browns that they just sat quietly back and 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 sort of watched and and now <laughs> yeah yeah it, the Browns I I was actually pleased with the way the Browns played on Sunday night I mean they went toe to toe with in some with, ways with, with, with you probably weren't yeah, yeah not yeah. Their weakness so far has been their play calling on offense with their with their new head coach, that, which was weird because he did such a I thought such a great job being creative with the play calling yeah. last year and playing yeah. to Baker's strengths. And yeah, they've it, sort it, of it's, it's strange, and they've, they've added, really regressed. They've added Odell Beckham, and they've added a, off another decent offensive mind in Todd Monken, who's their offensive coordinator. And the chatter all week has been, well, Freddie Kitchens have to give up play calling duties because he's a first time head coach who's also calling the play. So. Can he handle both responsibilities? Well, who's their defensive so, coordinator? It's it's Pat, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, Steve Wilkes, the, Steve Arizona, Wilkes, the Arizona yeah. Cardinals head coach last yeah, I year. I mean, it's it's so de- it's so delineated now in the NFL. If your head coach is an offensive guy, he ignores the defense, and the defensive coordinator is the right. head coach of the defense. That's just, and Wilkes has been a head coach before, yeah. so I don't think Kitchens is stop. It's going to stop. It's, calling it's not. Plays. It's not. And I don't think it's because he's overwhelmed by the jobs. I just think. <laughs> He's gotten away from running the ball. They have one of the best running backs in the league in Nick Chubb, and, and they've gotten away from uh, – Yeah, that's what you were squawking about the whole night during during that uh, game. For, for, three, for, for, three, for three weeks I've been squawking about it. They've, they're, they're just not running the ball enough. There's too many empty sets with five wide receivers, and their offensive line is really struggling right now. They, they, they can't pass block right now. So why are you – why are, you, why are you lining up in formations with zero running backs, which doesn't even give you a threat to even fake a fake a handoff? So and then I, you hand I, off on fourth and nine. You hand off on fourth and nine, yet you don't with three timeouts. <laughs> hand off, like let's say okay, they're so they're first and goal on the four with about forty seconds ago. They have three timeouts. Let's say they run the ball three times and get a yard each time. They can stop the clock after every, all three of those runs. And then it's fourth and goal from the one with with, with, with the game on the line there. Just, I, I've just, always said, we maybe even talked about this before, but like I think I could call plays in the NFL. Like if I if I was given time to learn a play, I mean a, a, a playbook. All it is is learning the vocabulary. You know I, what you want to do. I think I, I think I could call plays. I mean, and I don't play Madden or anything like that, so I don't have practice at it, so to speak. But I watch enough football, and I re, I just don't think it's all that like it, it's really can't be all that complex. Yeah, all, the only thing you would have to learn is the terminology. Yeah. Yeah, like spider wide yeah. to banana and stuff like exactly. that. So, uh, I mean, there's some jobs that I think I could do in sports, and that's one of them. I think I could call play. I think one of the overall play calling things issues that I've I've had problems with with the Browns this year is it seems like they're really forcing Baker to stay in the pocket. I I haven't yeah. seen the same improvisation that I've that I saw from Baker at Oklahoma and for a lot of last year. Part of the problem is he's running for his life because everyone's crashing in on him because the line can't hold up but, but let him um, take off and throw do some play action and let him roll out and throw the ball on the run he's really good at that he can he can make plays with his feet let him run well, a little bit MB- NBC was harping on it all night when the ball when he held on to the ball for more than 2.5 seconds he was really bad on Sunday when, when he got rid of the ball in under 2.5 seconds he was he was great he, he barely missed the analytics pass. so so you got to get the ball you got to get the ball out of his hands faster and, and get the running game more and base the offense more on the running game than and just this spread passing attack because they can't do it right now. So. so you didn't pick you didn't pick your Browns in the picks no, this week I, in the I, newspaper. I, 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 they never win in Baltimore in in even when they should. So I, I just don't think they'll do it. 
So, um, and they'll be one and three. And, and their schedule looks pretty tough, no? Yeah, because they have Seattle coming up. They have another Monday night game against Allen's 49ers coming up, who are three and zero, by God, the way. So. They're the most fraudulent three and zero team <laughs> yeah. in existence. Yeah, I mean they've beaten uh, what they the, the, Bengals, the Bengals, the Buccaneers, and the Mason Rudolphs. Right. Oh my goodness! Yeah, the Steelers yeah. without without Ben barely so. beat them. Right? That barely was, beat them. That they, well, they the turned wire. it over five times. So right. And they won, so which was yeah, because I think that they had they were minus four in turnovers in the first half, and they were down by three or something like that. It was it was, it was pretty uh, remarkable, um, but yeah, I mean the sky will be falling, of course, if the Browns are one and three. But um, but I, the, the the second half of their schedule is pretty pretty weak. Um, so I, I think that it could be a team that wins games. Like yeah. we'll be enough to get them into the playoffs. Uh, who knows? But um, uh, before we talk about. The Redskins have the Giants this week. And before we talk about it, the Redskins training wreck, I had to touch on the Daniel Jones thing. Look, he had a great debut. It was fantastic. If you're a Giants fan, I'm probably liking what I saw from Daniel Jones in his first game. But everyone talking about, like, how he's great and, see, we told you so. Like, if Tampa Bay's kicker doesn't gag on yeah. a late field goal at the, as the time expired, the Giants, he's 0-1. The Giants lose that game. But he so, still played well, though. Yeah, it was a, it was a, fant- it was a great game. You, I would be encouraged if I were a Giants fan. But, they but beat that, the Bucks. But, let's but, get real. Yeah. Right. It's that, too. I mean, they beat a terrible Tampa Bay team. So it's uh, people are acting like Daniel Jones. I mean, it's what we do in 2019. I, I get it. But people are acting like Daniel Jones has arrived and he's proved everyone wrong and stuff. Like, it's like it's one game that he could have easily lost. Well, I will so. say I will say this, that uh, he is going to be better than people thought. And, I think so, too. And, and the, the main reason is, and you've heard me talk about him all the time, is Pat Shermer. Like, the guy's a great coach. He's a great offensive schemer. He's why Case Keenum had, like, this great year in 2017 in Minnesota. This guy knows how to utilize talent when he has it. Eli Manning is a statue in the pocket. Like, he can't move around. He was limited as to what he could do at this point of his career. And now you have this new guy who's mobile and has a big arm. And Man, he made some nice throws. He's going he's gonna to do some things with him that are going to allow him to succeed through the scheme alone, which will keep them in games and probably they'll surprise some people. But you're, you're right. I mean, people chill no, out. They're, they're just overreact- they're just overreact- yeah. My problem is with the overreaction to him. Like, yeah. he hasn't arrived yet. He, he, he won a game they easily could have lost well, against a bad team. What if he plays well against against the Redskins? Are you well, still going to feel the same way? Well, he just played well against the Redskins. Right. right. Yes, I will feel that in that sense. But if he plays well again, I mean, he plays well. And it's not like he can control who they're playing. Exactly. So, so I, I just... I'm just not ready to say he's proven everyone wrong and he's validated the draft choice after one game that they could have lost against a bad team. And it'll be, yeah, they play the Redskins, who they'll beat, and they, they won't get any credit for beating just because the Redskins are, are, are that bad. Um, it is, and it, I, I don't know. I mean, we were talking the other night. Like, I mean, you probably don't put Dwayne Haskins in the Bears game just because they couldn't block uh, Khalil Mack in the Bears' defense. But it, it, you have... Starting with this game, it's like you have to think that it's time to. I, I think it is. I mean, throw him in the game and, and find out what you you have to know what he is before you go in the next year's draft because it's supposed to be a good quarterback draft with the Oregon kid and Tua coming out and stuff like that. So. Lock and Forrest said he thought it would happen, and now with Keenum banged up or whatever's wrong with him, I, I mean, I don't think Green is coaching for his job every week now. Right. So. I was stunned. I don't know if you guys were. I, I, I totally thought he was getting fired on uh, Tuesday. 
Not really. Yeah, I, I thought he was. I thought that was it. You know, um, the Redskins have won like two of like twenty games or two of like eighteen games on Monday Night Football since FedEx Field opened. They are so bad in home games. They and haven't won in like more than a decade. Right. You know which game? What game did you? Is there one that stands out in your mind? Yeah, the first one that stands out in my mind. It's like the Deshaun Jackson game where he's yeah, like, he's like, he's like, he's like running backward, like Mike, the Michael Vick Deshaun yes. Jackson game where he's like running That's backwards. That's the one everybody into the thinks of. Right, Vic throwing it like seventy yards down the field to a wide open Deshaun Jackson. And he's like jogging backwards <laughs> into the end zone. <laughs> so. That's yeah, that's the that's the Redskins on Monday night, and, and what's the snapshot? Exactly. They're, they're they. I don't know why they schedule Monday night home games because because they're they're so bad. So you mentioned that you don't know how Jay Gruden had a job on Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know how they didn't throw a boatload of money hire a completely new health staff and get Trent Williams in there by Tuesday. Why is he why had the, why is he still a Redskin? Why haven't they traded him? Well, he's not coming if, back. I, I get, you're probably right, but if he's there like you're do, like and you just watched Khalil Mack yeah. do that to you and the rest do of the whatever Bears, you can to get him you know, in the building. Give him the freaking keys to right. I mean to the stadium like If you got a rookie he's getting getting ready to start his first start game. You're your, your face of the franchise like future of the franchise like give him whatever he wants basically. Exactly. Right? That's and, a really and good if point. you're not going to get rid of him, then get something for him. Get another left tackle in there because that was uh, you're going to get your yeah. new quarterback killed. It, it's what our former boss Chris Kinsler argued about Le'Veon Bell. Like if you're the Steelers, if you're not going to pay him, then get something. Then get something for him. Don't let him. Don't hold him sort of hostage. We're not going to pay you, but we're not going to trade you. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, what is what is this what is this contest they're having with him? Like, do they think they're going to win? Like, he's just going to cave in and come back? Like, clearly he's not coming back. Especially if they suck. Like, right. they're they're not. Why good. would you want to come back and no. play for that team? Exactly, well, it's a dumpster of a like, dumpster fire franchise. Yeah, and and I would I like would Jay Gruden even care if he got fired? Like, he doesn't. He seems to have zero interest in yeah, even coaching the team anymore. Job. He'll he'll be right. an offensive coordinator next year for someone else. Right. Like, I, I don't think he even wants to be here. Like, there's all right. these stories surfacing how he doesn't like Peterson and he doesn't want Peterson on the team. He had a, he deactivated him of course uh, for week 1 as a healthy scratch. So the, so the Jay Adrian dynamic is sort of like taking on a life of its own uh, every week cuz he uh, cuz he doesn't like the eye formation, run the ball off. Right, and of course, he all the players love Adrian because he's right. like the goat or whatever. Right, so, so, so I don't even think Jay Gruden wants to coach the team anymore, probably. So, <laughs> like, if he got fired, he would probably like say, Would you want to coach that you. team? Let's be right. Yeah, you could offer me that job right now, and I'm not sure I would take it. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what, what they could do to solve it other than just stumbling upon the quarterback. Whether well, it's Haskins they, or, whether maybe it's Haskins it. or not, I mean, who knows? But I would um, say the one the one bright spot for that team is the young receiver, McLaurin. He looks yeah. like the real deal. Uh, he's very fast, good route runner, catch, seems yep. to catch everything. And I feel like the report on him coming out was he literally is just a deep threat, mm-hmm. and he's proving to be a lot more than that. And I think what, that's, Yeah, what's stunning to me watching them is that that – that the defensive front is just not doing anything. I think Jonathan Allen's been banged up again, but that was. But he was there against the Bears, and they didn't do anything. He, he didn't do anything. So that's the, been been the real shocker to me, and I think that's that's one of the huge problems. Like they, Keenum played well enough in those first couple of he's, games. He's played. He's played Keenum has terrible. He was Case Keenum, 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 Keenum last isn't week. the problem. Yeah, right. He's far from the problem. Like Allen and it kind of sucks that he's gonna that he's probably gonna get replaced again. for not being the problem. Right. You know. But but that's just who he is. He's not a good enough quarterback to stave that stuff off. But but he's not bad enough to say, man, get this guy out of the game. Yeah. So, 
Uh, their bigger problem is like Josh Norman, who's getting burnt routinely. Let's see, now. I, I, yeah, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mention him later. Okay. In a later <laughs> second. You can talk okay. about. You can talk. No, can, but, but speaking of the Bears, like Norman said, the Redskins defense with its personnel had a chance to be like the eighty-five Bears defense. Well, uh, they have the worst point differential in the league right now because everyone's scoring thirty points on them, just about. So. Yeah, I mean, I think they just have to st- – the, Gruden's going to get fired. Who knows if Bruce Allen will keep his job. And I think maybe they've already stumbled upon the quarterback in Haskins. But short of that, I, I don't think there's much uh, hope for the Redskins. A um, couple of other – So what do you, what do you think they finish? What do we think the the Ravens and the Redskins finish? Are the Ravens That's a good a, question. Are the Ravens a playoff team? Mm, good question. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're – they're going to be in the playoffs. They're always, I think they're always in the playoffs. When we did our picks, you I picked think the Ravens to be, be in the playoffs, right? I did. I think I picked them as a wild card because you because you said the Ravens are always in the playoffs. Yeah, it's they're they're always going to be hanging around in the hunt. So yeah, but now that I've seen a little more of what they're about, um, you know, I think eleven wins is is around how good they are. I don't think they're a twelve win team. I don't know how you guys I'll, feel I'll about say, it. I'll say nine to ten wins at least for the Ravens. I, I think the Browns will come back too. I, I think they'll get it figured out and, yeah. and be around that seven to ten win range uh, too. Um, the Redskins, I think they'll be lucky to win three games. Like is the Dolphins game, which I, is coming up for the Redskins. Is that is that? I mean, the Dolphins are looking at the Redskins my, and my, saying, "Thank God we play the Redskins." I was literally thinking when you were talking about how bad are the Redskins. I was trying to. I, I don't think they're Miami bad, but like they're, yeah, they're like in that realm maybe. maybe Tampa Bay bad? Yeah. Maybe Cincinnati bad? Did you guys see? I, I, Maybe I, worse than Cincinnati? I read something that um, said a bookmaker was asked whether the, the 2019 Dolphins um, would be favored against the winless Detroit Lions from 08. And the bookmaker said that the Lions would be favored in that game. I can't remember what who he was or what the Lions the line had was, one good player on that team <clears throat> Calvin Johnson was right. on that team so as a rookie I think. I, that is more than the Dolphins currently that's have that's exactly right yeah if the Dolphins had Calvin, <laughs> if the Dolphins had Calvin Johnson they'd be trading Calvin Johnson yeah, right. for, uh, for a first round pick so uh, he was in the news you see this SI story about him and what he said, uh, the I Lions. Saw his gross finger. Yeah, he's. Uh, he has I, some I, things I, to I, say. I did, didn't get a chance to read the story yet, but I but I knew it. I uh, knew he it talked. He there, talked so. about how the, the essentially mismanagement there was unbearable right. for him, and they asked him to, you know, hi, essentially hide his concussions and things like that. So. Um, right. Not shocking. A uh, couple of other NFL uh, little tidbits. Uh, Melvin Gordon uh, did not pull a Le'Veon Bell. He is, he's back with the Chargers. He's ended his holdout. So the Chargers kind of need him because their offense has been sort of sluggish so far. So That's been a surprise. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they lost to the, to the Lions, and, and they just haven't really taken off. The now, unbeaten Detroit Lions. Right. Now, they also lost Terrell Williams in free agency because they had three awesome receivers last year, and now – um, they have they have two Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, but that third wide receiver they had last year is gone, and Melvin Gordon's been gone for the first three games, so that maybe's hampered their offense. Um, I, I didn't want to dive into Antonio Brown to any great extent because no. because he got he got cut shortly after we by the Patriots yeah. shortly after we uh, recorded day, last right? week or. Um, but a couple of interesting things uh, as a result of uh, Brown, of course, has said he's done playing football, which of course he's not because. Who else is going to? Where else is he going to make the kind of money that that he probably needs? How is he uh, not going to get a reality show? Uh, well, that's another way he could do. It. He can, you know, like T.O. got money. one in his right. post-playing career. Like the Antonio Brown's got to get a right. reality show. But the most interesting thing about the Antonio Brown um, saga is that there seems to be a little discord uh, 
within the Patriots about how it happens. Like Tom Brady won't comment on on the team cutting Brown and reportedly he was not in favor of the team cutting Brown. So like Robert Kraft is Robert Kraft apparently made the final decision to cut. Yes. The a, principle Antonio of Brown. Robert <laughs> yeah, Kraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent point, Alan. Excellent point. But yes, Antonio Brown was too much for Robert, even Robert Kraft uh, to take. But, but Brady apparently didn't agree with the decision because he said, Hey, this guy's a pretty good receiver. Right. So now is that a reason to keep him? Not necessarily, but, but again, here we go with the are the Patriots uh, infighting in, in, in all the Patriots <laughs> Discord stories? So I don't think that'll. I don't think that's. I don't think we're gonna have any problems with the, <laughs> the no. Patriots are gonna be pretty good. Well, this they have an interesting game. They're about dr- the best I've I've yeah, seen you the Patriots that recently. Be. Yeah. Uh, well, why do you why do you think, why do you think that? Because uh, in all of the years that Tom Brady's won a Super Bowl, uh, it's always been almost in spite of their defense and this year they have the best defensive football yeah they have like the personnel to match now the 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 scheme of 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 belichick that he brings so i completely agree with you they're shutting people down now granted they haven't played a great schedule uh, again, doesn't well, seem well, like they, they ever play, have a tough play, schedule. They do play the three and zero uh, Bills. Uh, uh, again, they don't week. have a tough schedule. <laughs> well, do you, Josh Allen, I think, can turn into the a Bills make quarterback. Yeah, you think so? Well, they play four games against the Jets and the Dolphins. That's true. That division so is going to is right. And if they played any of those, I don't know with who they've beaten if they get to three and zero. They've beaten Cincinnati. They've beaten the Jets, and they've beaten. Um, who was their middle? The Giants. The Giants. Was, was their other win? They might. You're, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but Josh Allen uh, looked good against your your boys last year. He so, did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was embarrassing. But so. I didn't. I thought that was an outlier. But yeah. Know, I mean, we'll see. Like we'll see. Right. But to show you how good a coach Belichick is, the Patriots brought back Jamie Collins, who was a great player right. for him before. He went to the Browns. He signed a big contract with the Browns. He did absolutely nothing for the Browns. He's come back to the Patriots and he's been awesome again. So again, it's just knowing how to pull talent out of your mm-hmm. players, fitting your scheme around your talent rather than shoving your talent into your scheme. I mean, it, it, Jamie Collins is the epitome of why Bill Belichick is such a good coach because he's the only guy that could get production out of him. And we saw when Tom Brady was suspended a couple of years ago when they went three and one with Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, who are both serviceable quarterbacks. I wouldn't argue that they're top 10 or anything, but at that time they were hadn't played much football mm-hmm. professionally. And at all, Bill yeah. Belichick schemed games to their strengths. And I don't think you see enough NFL coaches put players in positions to be successful. They just throw them in the position they want them yeah, to Yeah, Greg play and I talk about this a lot. And imagine that they're going to be successful or hope that they'll be successful. But right. Belichick everyone, does it better than everybody. Everyone, that's because everyone else shoves – talent into the, they, ha, they have to run their scheme right. and they have to their talent has to fit into their scheme when it should be the other way around so um final week of the baseball season um is here uh the nationals are in the playoffs but i for one don't like who they're gonna wind up i don't like their chances because i don't think yeah you think they're gonna be one and done yeah, right i do because the brewers were in the they, the brewers were almost made the world series last year they're red hot right now and They've done it before in the playoffs, where the Nationals don't have a history of doing it. So, um, Scherzer, whether he pitches the wild card game or not, has not been himself since he was, uh, was on the IL. So, uh, I just I think two things are going to happen to the Nats. Either Scherzer is going to pitch great and the bullpen is going to blow it, 
or Scherzer's not going to have his best stuff, and and they'll just they just won't be able to recover from a from a bad Scherzer start in in the in the wild card game. So well, you, were you down there this week? I was. Yeah. What day were you? Uh, what I was game down there on see? Monday against the Phillies. And you, so, so yeah, you're more tuned into them than we are, obviously. So that's uh, that's saying something. Yeah. I, well, I mean, of course they 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 are perfectly talented enough and capable of, of making a run in the playoffs. I but they just don't, and and I just don't like their matchup uh, in, in in the wild. My question game, about so. them: they have a lot of young guys, uh, a lot of young talent. They need to they need They're to up very nicely. I was just gonna say, but I, but my question was: is is Say they don't get it done this year. Where's their window? Like, how big is the window? Now they obviously have some really young, really good young. Yeah, resign Rendon. Right, so Rendon's got to be be back, but Scherzer's going to be a year older. Strasburg is a year is going to be a year older and has prone to injuries as he's shown. Um, I don't think the window slams. Zimmerman's probably going to retire soon, right? right? I don't think the window slams shut if they don't do it. But again, it's just another year. Another of not, year. Another year of not doing it, and, yeah. and just the, the the scars and the and the wounds of not of repeatedly not doing it just add up over time. So, were, were you? Di- I saw something recently uh, that the Washington fans were saying some nasty things to Harper out in outfield about his kid. He just recently had a child. Were you there for that? Uh, I don't think no, because this happened like within the last day or so. Oh, okay. Where okay. Harper Harper said uh, the Nats fans crossed the line with with some of their heckling. <laughs> but it's like it's like they're, you're heckling. There is right. no line, really. I mean, I, I don't know. I think you right unless you're gonna unless you're gonna get thrown out for you know throwing something at him or whatever he's just gonna have to deal with it right harper should have just he he really should he really should have just blown it off yeah and not made a big deal about it by commenting on it like when they when these guys comment on these stories they're giving these stories life and then they're creating talking points and it creates a back and forth that just turns into yeah this big giant snowball he created this is my point he shouldn't have he shouldn't have mentioned that that they were classless and said something about it I, i mean just keep that to yourself I mean, I don't. I would never heckle someone like that, but yeah, it bothers I, I, me when people do. I, I don't. I would, and I, and I probably wouldn't like it if I was sitting there. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, sorry. Like, you also kind of as part of if you're part Bryce, of the deal. If you're Bryce Harper and left them in the dust to go to a mm. division rival, like, yeah. Kind of, you kind of expect it. They're, yeah. they're doing fine with Bryce Harper. Is not a great player. He's a very good player, but he's not a great player. Like his. His result, his production has never led to any any wins. <laughs> um, he's he's had one MVP season, and otherwise he's just been pretty good. He hasn't been, he hasn't been great. So the Phillies drastically over the Nationals should be thrilled that they're not thirteen un, years un, right underneath that was contract. That, was it thirteen? With like no opt outs, no trade. I mean, they are locked into giving him uh, thirty million dollars a year for like the next thirteen years in about every way imaginable. So. Um, he's a, he's a good player, but he's not. But he's but he's far from great. Yeah. So um, we'll see if the Indians can get in for for Allen. I mean, losing that game to the White Sox on uh, what would have been uh, Tuesday hurt. night this week. That where do they stand? They're a game and a half out with four or five to play, and they basically have to win them all. They're, they're in, they're, the Nats, they're right? in Washington this weekend, and they won't have their DH because, of course, they're playing in a National League park. They so. have just been dismantled by injuries late I, I think but I think Terry Francona should be the manager of the year I do too uh, considering they, they haven't had their top two pitchers for most of the season uh, their best player Lindor was out for the first month of the season 
Uh, they just lost Jose Ramirez, their second best player, for about a month. And Kipnis he just came back. Kipnis is out for the best year. Best outfielder tore his ACL. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Carrasco diagnosed with uh, leukemia. Uh, leukemia, and he's back in the bullpen. Mm. And, and yet they still have 93 wins and, and are a game and a half. With 93 wins, they're a game and a half out of the wild card. I tell you, so. if, if they get to the wild card game, I really, I'm not sure there's a team I feel more comfortable with in the wild card game than the Indians because of how good Mike Clevenger and Shane yeah, Bieber. Right. You get one guy who you know you're going to put out there and he's going to give you, he's going to, if he doesn't, uh, damn near win the game for you he's going to put you in the position to win it late because it's going to be it, it, it's going to be zeros for most of the most of the game um so i feel really good about that and i, I think I, I don't know i i feel like their lineup is good enough to compete if you get against a team like the yankees uh, it's good enough but will they do it there's I no mean, there's no shot they beat the astros so they're gonna have to get past either tampa or oakland in that they would, that, have, they would have to play situation? one of those two teams in the wild. In the card. wild card game, I don't think either one of those teams has a pitcher that's mm-hmm. as dominant as Clevenger or Shane Bieber have been this year. No, Bieber was the All Star Game uh, MVP. So, um, so yeah. Before we get well, away how, from, how about the Orioles playoffs chances? Yeah, some of our some, <laughs> some of our readers get fired up about about the Orioles uh, from from time to time. It is so. amusing. Yes, it is yeah. amusing. So, um, I'm I'm going with the Astros. That's my pick. I, you know, I'm a I'm like the postseason arrives every year, and I, I that's when I become the an Astros you're fan. A, you're a Jose Altuve guy. I, I just love all of their players. I love Bregman. Uh, I've rooted for them again, just because I love the way they play and I love the way that that organization, you know, goes about business and how they build things. It's real risky to pick the best team ever assembled as yes. you, as so, the team to. So I'm picking them. I'm now an, I'm now an Astros fan again for the second or third. October and are you picking the Nats? Are you picking the Nats to win the World Series? I didn't. know. remember I didn't even pick them to make. The, I don't think I even picked them to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. Last year is when I picked them. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see them get it done. I don't, I'm not a fan of the Nationals, but just because I picked them a couple years ago, I'd like to see them get it done. Uh, just because they've had some, they've had continuity and they're a good team. They just can't put it together. So it would be nice to see them finally do it for. It's like Scherzer's a really easy guy to root for. So, Before we get too far away from Harper's reaction to this heckling, there was a safety for the Tennessee Titans, uh, and this was a boat-worthy offense. But I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but in the season opener against the Browns, he had a pick pick six, and he jumped into the crowd, an opposing crowd. We didn't get to talk about this, right. Yeah, and he got beer. Some fan doused him with beer, and this guy, his name, his name's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I can't say. He's, Kevin he's, Byard. He's a, he's a safe. No, he's a safety for the Titans. But he made this. He raised this huge stink about this fan dousing him with beer. It's like, dude, do not jump into the stands in an opposing state. What's going to happen when if you jump into the stands exactly. in an opposing stadium? Yeah. So I'm throwing him yeah, on. The, I'm throwing him on the boat right now. Oh, whatever, whatever his name is, and, and and it'll come to me. Was it Logan Ryan? I, yeah. Yes, Lo, Logan okay. Ryan. Thank you, Alan. Logan Ryan jumped into the dog pound and he got doused with beer. Well, 
what's going to happen, Logan Ryan, when you jump into the dog pound and you're an opposing player celebrating a touchdown that none of these fans want to see? Yeah, I mean, the worst part about it is that he complained and got the guy kicked out of the game. Right, yeah. They, well, it wasn't or even banned that, or something. And, and being the Browns, of course, they didn't even ban the right guy. They banned, <laughs> right, right. They, 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 they banned the wrong fan. I, I don't even know if it's been straightened out since. But 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 but, but to kick off our boat segment, Logan Ryan goes on the boat for his ridiculous reaction to being doused with beer. Um, in, in, Throw in, him on the boat. In, in the Browns. Uh, throw beer zone. on him after you throw him on the boat. Right. Uh, the other guy I want to throw on the boat, are both Harbaugh's on the boat yet? Uh, I, I, they should I, be. I think, I think John, I think... Uh, One of them is, probably. Right. I don't know that both are. But your, your boy Jim Harbaugh, former coach of the Niners. Not Alabama. my boy. Yeah. Um, he's going, he's going. If, if, if John's I don't, already, think, I, don't, I don't think Jim's on yet. Well, he's, he's going on the boat because is like his... T- He's the most overhyped coach that there is. Yeah. Like he's been terrible at Michigan. They they, they can't yeah. win. They can't beat any good teams or win any big any big games, and, and they were just embarrassed by Wisconsin over the week. So. But they're never gonna fire him. No, because he's a Michigan man. He's like so. like he's unfireable basically. I think. Well, it'll be interesting if they really. Uh, if they lose no, again, no, nosedive this yeah. season. And if so. they lose to Ohio State again, I, right. I mean, how many years was his contract? I just wonder about that. If he's like, if he's right. ever, if they could ever get rid of right. him. Right, but, but but people put him in the conversation with Saban and all the top coaches in college football. He's 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 not. No. <laughs> he doesn't win any big games. He did. He did. I don't think anybody's in the same class. I said as Saban. no, no. no but right. I mean, but like Dabo's Swinney. Dabo Swinney is now, but. Um, but but he's talked about among the top coaches in college football with nothing to back it up. So right. M- Mich- Michigan's I'm terrible. taking Mike Leach over Jim Harbaugh any day of right. the week. That we, man is amazing. <laughs> he's the he best. He is a national treasure. Yes, he is. With, with, and the, if he with coached, the mascot rumble. Yeah. yeah. If he coached at any other like put him on an, at an be, East Coast school. Yeah. He would be just a nationwide celebrity. They'd build a statue to him. Yeah. Great guy. He's not going on the boat anytime soon, ever. I hope not. Yeah, but overhyped Jim Harbaugh joins his brother John on on on, on the boat this the week. The arrogant, so. the arrogant Harbaugh's, yes. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, Josh Norman on the boat. Uh, you mentioned him earlier. The guy's he's washed up. He's terrible. The guy is terrible. I don't think he's been even like good for for most of his for most, most of the time of, he's been of, in Washington. Right. Exactly. Completely overpaid. Runs his mouth constantly. Complains about the media and the stuff that the media says about him. He and played in a great defensive system in Carolina. I'm not yeah. saying he was he was bad in Carolina, but he played in a great defensive yeah. system with great with other great players that the Redskins don't have. He's getting torched by guys like Taylor Gabriel, and, who's a decent player, but you're supposed to be a lockdown quote unquote lockdown corner. That the, the, the Cowboys, Devin Smith, Devin, scored, scored yes. his first touchdown in two seasons against yeah. Josh Norman. Like so, these aren't this isn't like Julio Jones and. Uh, you know, and Antonio Brown torching him. Was, it, these guys are, are, are pedestrian at best, and he's just not showing up. And he continues to run his mouth. Um, Too bad that bull didn't gore him when he was doing the run, running of the bulls in, <laughs> in, 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 in Spain. He jumped over the bull. Yeah, uh, the, the, might have benefited the Redskins if the bull just plowed it, plowed into Norman, uh, knocked him out for the season. So, <laughs> so that's my Josh Norman. That's a good one. He's a good one. Alan, do you have one? We're putting you on the spot here. Maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm. I'm gonna. Has Rex Ryan been put on the boat? No, yeah. I don't no, know. He good, one. good one. And I, I want to put him on for his comments about Baker Mayfield. Field, yeah, uh, three games into a season when Baker hasn't really been the problem for the Cleveland Browns, 
Rex. He, he hasn't been the he hasn't been the he answer yet, but he hasn't right. been the problem. Right. And I, Rex Ryan said that uh, overrated. Uh, he he called him overrated, I believe, as hell. Correct. And I just think who does he work for? Is he is he a he's broadcaster? A, he's now? a talking head at ESPN. Oh, okay. No uh, wonder I never no yeah, wonder like, I never you know, hear he, from him because I don't you watch get that. It. Like they're paid to go on there and say outrageous stuff or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know to to get interest. But uh, the talking heads, especially not so much the the host of the show, because I actually like yeah. the show that he was on. But um, I just, I just wish we would cut out like the the exaggerations. We never did our hot and, takes and how uh, we classify, yeah, athletes. Like Baker Mayfield is a pretty damn good quarterback. Uh, yeah, worthy of the number one pick. Hasn't quite figured it out this year yet. Right. That's two, it. Two three games into his second. Yeah, season. and if they win Sunday, they're in first place too. So, right, and there's plenty of time to turn it around. Right, we never, yeah, we never did our hot takes episode. Remember over the summer we <laughs> talked about that, where we we're just going to come in wow. and make like outlandish, the most outlandish, stupid statements, just, and try to get try to get more followers, like, like Tavares Jackson over Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. I don't know. I don't know. Is that too outlandish? Tavares Jackson was a decent in, NFL I, quarterback who couldn't for, do a lot of things. For well. me, the Trubisky thing is similar to. I don't think he's as good as Baker Mayfield, but it's similar to the Baker Mayfield thing, like. I put everything that's going on with Trubisky right now on the play calling mm-hmm. in Chicago. They are running a vanilla offense right now, and last year he's not they, very good. They were uh, he was good last year. They he were could, quite exciting last year. He threw the ball I, downfield. Last I guess year. he did. He had, didn't he have one game last year where he threw six touchdown passes. Yeah. Josh, but Josh was saying him. Josh was saying he's not that he wasn't yeah. that good last year. So when everyone, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he I, wasn't Baker Mayfield good. I thought he I was. I have to hate him. I thought he was above the bottom third of the league. Yeah, I don't think he's quite there. I mean, I think he's in the bottom third of the league, but he can make he can make plays uh, if he if if they call the right plays for him. I don't think he's going to win them games. That's he he and he'll but he'll do things with his legs where he'll he gets out of trouble and runs for first downs. That's where he's really valuable, if you ask me. To them is those off-script plays where he actually uses his athleticism. They haven't done any of that. Uh, no, yeah, they, haven't, they haven't had him doing that. I think he'll probably do, a lot, do that against the Vikings because they're going to come after him with a good pass rush, and then he's going to scramble around. This is what he did last year against them. It was annoying as hell. So are, I said, are, we, are we buying the Lions at uh, 2-0-1? Ooh. Uh, absolutely not because Matt Patricia and Daryl Bevel yeah, are hard. terrible coaches. It's hard to. It's hard they to. Have, I'm telling you, that team. It should be. It should be three and zero. They freaking. That mm. team has weapons, and these coaches have no clue how to use them. Yeah, that's why I'm. I'm on board with you. I. I, I don't see them at the end of the day um, getting into the playoffs or anything like that. Uh, and I, I think Patricia's probably done there after this year. I don't think it's gonna. I. I, I they're. They're overachieving. What saves his job? But they, have to, they would have to make the playoffs, probably. You would think. I mean, what, have, what were they last year? Did they won six games or something last so. year. Um, yeah, they would have to show some progress. Uh, at eight and eight, it's probably not good enough. You know, I can't. I, I don't know that Patricia's shown enough, and I think he's kind of a an odd an oddball. I don't think he's. You don't want him as your the face of your franchise. So if they go five hundred or below. I don't think you want him sticking around stay trying he, to stay he's away one from of the those guys. Third year. He's one of those guys who got hired because he was a Belichick stay guy. Away from the, the Belichick tree's been horrible, by and the way. And he walks into Detroit thinking he's going to be Belichick. Yeah. And you're just not. Yeah. Name, name one Belichick assistant that, that's panned out. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there is one. So stay, no, there's stay not. away from the chop down the Belichick tree. 
Um, Did you do your bad look of the week? Um, I don't have a bad look you of the week, but one. I was going to steal something from you. I was going to have a good look of the do week. It. And it's about a subject you appreciate, and that is uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I was, he was going to be one of mine, too. Yeah. Uh, good, the, good look the, the good look of the week goes to Teddy Bridgewater for going into Seattle, a place where not a lot of teams go in and win, and playing a fantastic game and beating a uh, 2-0 and uh, Seahawks team by doing what Teddy Bridgewater does, and that's running a smart offense, yep. making smart, timely throws, not making mistakes. And uh, getting involved with his playmakers. Everyone, right? Everyone was worried about what the Saints uh, were going to be without Drew Brees. Uh, they're they're probably fine with with Teddy Bridgewater. I agree. So I, my favorite thing. I don't know if you guys saw his his speech in the locker room after the game. It was one of my favorite things. I mean, he's this is a guy who has basically hasn't played a meaningful down in what five years. Um, Four years. Uh, 2015. Four years. Yeah, hadn't played a meaningful down of football in four years. And went out there and beat a really good team and, and played well. And I appreciated that he was he was in the postgame locker room and thanked his teammates for he said accepting me. And I I think that is something that should be commended for the Saints overall. Yeah. Because he's a completely different quarterback than the guy they're used to playing for. And so they've had to make adjustments. Yeah. Uh, to to make this work, and I think it it paid off all around. I, it's, it kills me to to, to like to still like him and to still root for him because he he's plays better, for the Saints, and I cannot he's, stand he's better them. Than Kirk Cousins, but too. but <laughs> I wanted I wanted them to keep him. Like he was yeah. the guy that I wanted them to keep because he can do what they want Cousins to do that Cousins struggles with, and that's taking care of the offense. Right. He's not going to go out and go crazy and throw for 350 yards in a game, but he makes the big plays when they need to be made, and he makes smart decisions, and he runs the offense the way it's supposed to be run, and he lets the defense – he, again, he's on a team with a really good defense he, like he was in Minnesota. And he, he plays to that, and he's really good at it. Yeah. And I was just – I think they were just really super concerned about his knee, and they just couldn't – you couldn't invest in him yeah. because of that. So, he seems to be a great leader and awesome. have, have yeah. really excellent command of the People offense. He's not gonna. You're right. He's not gonna throw the ball all over the place. But yeah. But it seems like they respond to him. Yeah. And they play for him. We'll remind everyone once again that the Browns commissioned a uh, study <laughs> to, to, to figure out what quarterback was going to be the best quarterback in the uh, 2016, I believe, draft. And the and the company came back and said you should draft Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, it was, I think it was twenty fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get my years mixed up. Yeah. Um, the, the the actual years start running running together in my mind with all these events. But yeah, twenty fourteen. And uh, the Browns were told with this company that hired they hired they should draft Teddy Bridgewater. They drafted uh, Johnny Manziel <laughs> instead, who is the polar opposite of uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Uh, I had a good look. Um, my good look of the week was the all of the clips that were being released, uh, video clips uh, from the Laver Cup, which is not something I ever would think this I would my, watch. This is a perfect transition because this is my scene or to be seen. Okay. Well, it was they had all of these great clips of Nadal and Federer. They coached together at, on the t labor the European Labor Cup team. And there were all of these videos uh, of them, like Nadal coaching Federer in a match, and Nadal and Federer coaching someone else, um, going back to a locker room that you could hear them exactly what they were saying to them, and dropping f bombs. They're, they're swearing. Yeah. It was so it was so refreshing to hear them like in that in that uh, sort of atmosphere and using that kind of language because you never hear or see them do that. They're right. always so polished. Everything is so 
uh, so perfect when they're uh, in front of cameras and in front of microphones. So that was just awesome to see. And like just to see those two together, like, yeah, I, I, I love both of those guys. So that was a, that was a cool thing. The Labor Cup is fantastic. I was watching some of it uh, on Saturday because um, I, I have tennis channel and it was it was all over a tennis channel. And the Labor Cup, for those that don't know, is basically replaced the Davis Cup. And uh, they've made it a really interesting format. It's now the world versus Europe. So you have all these all-star um, players from the world. It's always bugged me. It's like the Ryder Cup. Yeah, it, it's sort of like they've turned it into like a Ryder Cup event. And it's way better than the Davis Cup ever was because you have now the greatest players of all time on on the same team. Still bugs me. One and country and has to be a continent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a country. <laughs> Not a country, not a country, not a, country. A, a continent. Right. Um, but but yeah, I mean, if, and if Djokovic was healthy, he would have been on that team too. So you have the three greatest players of all time on the same team, like, and and they're it's a team. It's like you can't coach in tennis. You can't like stop and consult during other people during a tennis match. But you can. You could in this. You can in this format. And the coaches were John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg. McEnroe was the uh, was the uh, world team coach, and Borg was the European coach. So you have all these great tennis personalities interacting with with each other in, in very cool ways, like like Josh already pointed out. So yeah. the Labor Cup was my uh, scene uh, for, for the week because I was I was watching it instead of college football on Saturday. That's that's yeah. stunning. But I, I but having seen those clips, it's really and, I and the matches are like Federer versus like their top level matches too, yeah. like the top ten players in the world facing each other in this format. So it, it's really great what they've done. So I got I have a couple of scenes. Uh, one is the I, I gotta I gotta bring up Chuck Foreman's name whenever I can, right? So his name keeps his name keeps popping up. It's really cool. He, so he did he was so good when he played for the Vikings back then that like guys are doing stuff now that haven't been done since Chuck Foreman did them. So one of them happened on Sunday in the Vikings game. Dalvin Cook rushed for 100 yards for his third straight game with the Vikings to start a season that hasn't been done since Chuck Foreman did it, right? The other one was had to do with Alvin Kamara who had his third game of 150 scrimmage yards, a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown, um, and he did that. He's the he's the he ties a record for the most. Um, by a player in his first three seasons having done that. And I think it's a list of like maybe four or five other guys. And Chuck Foreman is on that list. So like this guy was, he was a stud. He was a great player. And he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. So anyway, he's been mentioned a couple of times. I think he was mentioned another time. I think it was like week one or week two. James White did something like catching (laughs) touchdown passes or something. Only like three other guys had ever done it in history. Chuck Foreman was one of them. Like (laughs) the guy's name keeps coming up in this historical context. And we'll we'll see if he ever gets the recognition of the Hall of Fame. Who, who are the guys that would argue him, argue for him? Who who covers the Vikings that would argue for him in like the Hall of Fame select, well, selectors room? They have so there's there's a there's going to be a special committee put together um, of um, I'm not exactly sure who who it's going to be. I guess a lot of these guys that are on the senior committee will be on this special blue ribbon committee that's going to determine how many of these senior candidates uh, get the nod for 2020. So I don't think there's anyone from the Minnesota area, though, that was on. The, we, that's the thing. I, I've been, I was actually texting with Chuck about it. I'm like, we need to find out who's on the committee because that's who you need to contact. Is it like, like Judd Zolgad? He's, he's not a voter. No, there's okay. a guy named Mark Craig who works for the Star Tribune who's the actual – he has the actual Hall of Fame vote in Minnesota. Okay. But he's not on that – he's not on the senior committee. Okay. All so right. you're lobbying Hall of Fame so, votes for so I'm like, I said to, I was, he's, he's written stories about we it. Got, we got to find out who's on the committee. If, you, if you're serious about wanting – to get attention i was like you need to talk about yourself you need to be comfortable bragging 
and you need to find out who the hell it is that's on this committee because those are the people you need to flood with information about yourself. So, I don't know. There's some work that needs to be done there. Hopefully, Chuck is retrieving some of his stolen uh, (laughs) stolen memorabilia (laughs) that he's being presented to autograph at these these various events. There's one other thing I wanted to mention that I started watching on uh, Netflix, and I I don't know how it escapes me, but my neighbor tipped me off to QB1. Have you watched that, Alan? Amazing. So awesome. Which season are you on? I'm, I'm on season three. All right, I'm this like is halfway my, through. This includes my favorite guy. Okay, now, all right, well, let, let me guess who it is because I have a favorite too, and he's in this season. It's Lance Lejean. And do you know where he ends up? I don't know yet. I have. I'm not. I don't. Don't. Do you spoil want me to spoil it? For don't you? spoil it. It for makes me. you love him even more. Speak, don't not because do spoilers on this. I, and show? I'm only three episodes in, and I'm like, I've watched he, three seasons. He is just awesome, and I love him, and yeah. I love his family, and I love his coach. Like, whoever the guy is that coaches that team, I can't remember his name because I've only watched three he, episodes of it. He's actually the offensive coordinator, Okay. Right? The, I don't know. I don't know who those guys are. The guy are. who played at Cincinnati. I don't know, I don't know uh, that either. His, you, it, you know The offensive coordinator uh, ended up uh, playing football at, at University of Cincinnati okay. and tore his ACL. Okay. So he his career ended there, but he went back to New Orleans and all started right. coaching high school football. He's a really likable guy, too. But, like, so all these kids have different stories. So it's three a season, and it's three seasons. They're, they follow a high school senior through their, for, through, through their senior season. I, I've liked some of them. But yeah, I mean, there's a clear delineation of like is. for me, there was like yeah. there was like four or five I like. There's one <laughs> yeah. I re- I mean, there's one I really like, and then there's like three or four that like I like. Exactly. And then there's five. Actually, there's really three that I just can't not stand. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm totally with you. I think you know, I, I don't I don't want to go into all who who they are, but um, I'm a huge fan of this kid. Um, Lance Lance Lejean, Lejean. Is, is how it's pronounced. He's down in he's from New Orleans. But anyway, it's so awesome, Greg. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch I, this. I, I'll check um, it out. And it's because you cover high school football. There's some things that happen that are it's all over the country. So they have each kid is in a different part of the country every season, and just the amount of media that you see because that's obviously the, the world that I live in. Like they have like media days for some of these kids. Yeah, they do and there's in like a, there's like a wall of cameras in front of them. Uh, which is stunning to me. Another thing that's stunning, on the sideline, they put up tents, right? So, like, when the offense comes off the field and they have these big screen TVs and they're, like, sh- they're like replaying, like, the plays in front of these kids. They can watch. I don't know what it's like. I haven't been on the sideline in Frederick County in years, but I'm guessing they don't have big screen televisions for these kids to look at to no. review their play. <laughs> right now, they Like, don't. it's stunning that that is happening. But, you know, these are obviously the really – some of these programs are, like, really well off and they're private schools and they have tons of money. Well, in Texas – also, like property values are yeah. dirt cheap, so people aren't spending that much on their... You can get a gigantic house in Texas for yeah. not really a lot of money. I mean, your house would be much smaller yeah. somewhere in Maryland if you live compared to what you can get in Texas. So these people have all this disposable income that they're not spending on a mortgage or, or just investing for right. their house. And, and that's that's where some. I mean, there's oil money down there too. So I mean, it's well, you know, I, there's tons of money down I, there. I love this. I'm series. excited to be watching it because this is the best season yet. Okay, uh, um, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of it. I love the way they do it. There's no like, there's no narration like, which I think is fantastic. It's all like they literally are just following these kids around. It's not like um, Last Chance You where you you know they sit down and you, there's interviews that take place and there, you get a lot right. of that stories from the interviews that they that they have. This is all just literally like they're in the kids' houses and they're in the locker room with they the kids. They follow Lance to take his driving test. Yes, I just watched. That was you the one that I just one? watched. Yeah. That was, did you see? Did you notice the drivers at instructors' parking job? 
Yes, I did. <laughs> that was, that was amazing. The first, that was the first thing. This old guy, this old dude comes up, he pulls up in front of the building, and it's like he parked halfway on the curb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a joke. Like, I didn't think that was legit. But, yeah, then he gets in the car with him. Yeah. And But, no, like, one of the reasons you, the kid endears, you're, you're endeared to this kid is that he's, like, genuinely, like, he appreciates this guy that's helping him get his driver's, yes. te- driver's license. And, like, I, I don't know. He's the best kid I've seen so far. I agree. Um, totally. And I, I'm, like... I'm purposely putting all. I have no idea where he is or what's going on with him until I've um, watched the end of it. The one, I think, downside to the show is this happens all after these kids commit to places. I would like to see a little bit more of the recruiting yeah. aspect. Of yeah. It. And like them. They've already decided them most of the time when the season their starts. Decisions. Right. I, I would like to see a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a scene or two be seen, Alan. Yeah, actually, uh, it's it sort of falls in good luck. I decided to hold it for senior to be seen. Uh, there was a terrific interview of a Philadelphia resident who saved some people from a fire, yep. and uh, he was actually catching the children like that they were throwing out of the window, and he said, ah, "I was catching them." Unlike Aguilar, and referring to <laughs> Nelson, right referring here. to yeah. Nelson Aguilar, who dropped uh, the the touch. Uh, Basically, what would have been a either game tying or game winning touchdown game pass. Game winning, I believe. Yeah, um, against the Falcons a couple weeks ago. And uh, well, against the Lions. And too. so <laughs> I, you saw that scene. Everybody thought it was very funny, hilarious, great, awesome, uh, and it was funny. Uh, I actually liked Nelson Aguilar responded to it, and he offered the guy tickets and thanked him for being a hero in the community. And I thought that is just about the best possible way you can respond to somebody making fun of you. Uh, 100%. I was so glad he didn't. Like, when I saw he had responded, I was so glad it wasn't some kind of, like, shut up jerk or, like, or play whatever. the victim. Yeah, wow. I loved it. Is it, is it yeah. Jimmy Kimmel that does the mean tweets where he has the guy, the, the celebrity, read the mean read yeah. mean tweets about the celebrity? <laughs> I mean, and just the fact that you have a sense of humor to read mean tweets about yourself on television, yes. uh, on national television, it says something about those guys, too. I think Steph Curry's done it before. I mean, that's a great segment, too, uh, where he has them read mean tweets about, about themselves. So... All right, boys. I will do a better job of scheduling the studio That's uh, all good. next time. So. We made it work. You, uh, you're te- more, way more technically savvy than you were when I met you, probably about, <laughs> well, uh, about getting, twelve years ago. I, I'm getting there slowly but surely. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been just another sports podcast.